0: Welcome back, community, to another Dr. Supercoach recap. This week, we've got a guest who hasn't been on in a little while, and, you know, we've not been better for it. So, welcome back, Nicey. How was your week, mate?
1: Good, Pistol. Yeah, very good. Um, Well, not from a supercoach perspective, but um, <laughs> it's good. I still I broke the 2000 mark, which was good. The last couple of weeks have been a bit rough for us. Um, I have I've actually fell below the 2000 mark last week, so it's, it's good to be back on the winner's list, so to speak. I mean, you, you're on the podcast... You, you should just lie
0: and say that you got above 2,000. Probably don't tell people that you fell um, below 2,000. But it's already out there nicely, so. It was
1: 1962. It wasn't a complete disaster. But, yeah, obviously subpar.
0: Look, I'm, I'm not going to edit it out. We'll just leave it in <laughs> and uh, people can judge you for it. That's, that's fine with me. Um, I didn't have a particularly good week either this week, to be fair, with only the 2167. So, um, minor fall for me to just inside the top 5K, which is okay. Um, hopefully Kelly comes back this week to save yep. or salvage my season, I should say. Let's jump into the Crows game. Um, it was absolutely bucketing down nicey. Uh, I, f- I mean, Bulldogs kicked two goals 14. So just the weather was absolutely insane. A um, couple of players I'd like to touch on, but first and foremost, it's hard to go past talking about Jack McRae. 177 supercoach points, 36 possessions, 13 tackles, 25 contested possessions. He also went at a game-high 72% disposal efficiency in the rain, which is absolutely insane. Nicey, at 727.1K, do you think that is too much of a price to pay for Jack McRae?
1: Well, it's it's hard to... Quantify it at the moment, Pistol. Because the thing is, with SuperCoach, you never want to be chasing points. We want we want to be looking ahead. Um, we don't want to be looking behind us. So I think McRae at seven twenty seven, it is probably too much to pay for him at the moment. I think you're probably probably better to bring him in. Remember, he's got his buy around coming up. So let's just see how he goes over the next couple of weeks. Maybe look to bring him in after the buy. Um, But having said that, he's quite clearly the number one um, midfielder in the competition at the moment. So and and is probably the difference between the elite teams and the teams that are just doing okay. Um, So if you've got the cash, if you've got the trades, have a look, have a think about it, weigh it up for yourself, and and see what comes of it. I'm probably going to hang off uh, on him until uh, until he has his buy. Having said that, I did I did bring him into my side. Just earlier this week, just to see what it see what it sort of looked like, see what the structure was looking like. But I I think we'll reverse that, and I'm probably going to wait till after the buys.
0: I like how you had to just bring him in just to feel, just so you knew what it felt like. Yeah, just have have a look and see what it looked like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like wow, this guy looks good in my team. I mean, just oh 177 for the week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Toby McLean just did his usual uh, 100 stuff. Um, Pelly returned um, from that that injury. He, he scored 120. If uh, if you traded him out um, last week, you'd probably be feeling like you're you're in the, the doghouse, nicely. Oh, um, oh. Ed Richards. <laughs> Ed Richards. <laughs> Uh, scored 57, which sounds okay, but he was on 30 a quarter time, so he kind of fell away badly, yeah. but he, he still makes some cash. He's got a break-even of 25. Um, on the Adelaide Crow side, Nicey, how do you see... Paul Seedsman this year I know he's he's scored 94 now his average for the year is 91 do you think he can keep this up for the rest of the, the year and be an actual legitimate option or is he somebody that you just um you know there's better options about
1: well it's funny we've had a, we've discussed um Seedsman uh on the podcast before this year haven't we um and I've I've said he's he's been a bit too inconsistent for my liking and and he was on my it was on my blacklist from a few years ago that I that I had him in my side, but he's really working his way into uh, into super coach relevancy, isn't he? He's uh, he's had a good couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, he he definitely has, but I feel like there's other options at his price that uh, I probably would prefer. Um, we'll we'll talk about one of them a bit later or a lot later in the round. Um, and I'll, I'll make a note of that. I'll point that out at the time. But uh, we'll move on for now. Um, Dudey scored 91. He reached his break-even, so he's going to make some cash. And you can obviously just hold him ride and right out to that round 14 buy and And that's uh, perfect. Um, now, nicely, the tough one in the Crows, we've got Darcy Fogarty. He's got 45 this week. His break-even's already in the positive 23, but he's only at 200K. Is this a trade or, or hold situation in your opinion?
1: Um, probably, probably one that I, if I had him in my side, I'd probably just look to hold him until he, he he hits that buy round. Um, like you said, there's still a bit of cash to be made there with a break even of twenty three. Um, and look, if he if he doesn't have to be on your field, he, he's not a he's not a wasted. Um, it's not going to be wasted trade if you've uh, if you've got him off your off your field. So, um, yeah, I, I think. Look to look to trade him in the buy. He's not going to be doing any damage if you've if you've got him off your field.
0: I mean, I feel like somebody of his size just needs to kick four goals one yeah. game and you know bang out an eighty. And you know if you if you trade him out, you you, I mean you'll just regret it. So yeah, yeah just don't go to the early crow other... and uh, hold him.
1: <laughs> your, your pun game is strong tonight, Pistol. I like it. Oh, as you said, <laughs> all he <laughs> needs is on. one uh, one good one good game and his price will just continue to go up so yeah I'd, I'd look to hold
0: well we'll jump into the next game with that um, to North Melbourne versus uh, GWS which wasn't a particularly great game um, North Melbourne were the favourites which might surprise uh, some people out there mm-hmm. but they just smashed him in the the windy blundstone arena uh it actually was i guess a somewhat of a return to form you could maybe say for todd goldstein his first quarter was shocking and then all of a sudden he put in a three-quarter superhuman performance and ended up uh scoring 112 supercoach points what did you make of his game nicely and do you think that um, he's now possibly worth holding, or what would you do in the situation if you owned Goldstein?
1: Well, personally, I'm I'm looking to trade Goldstein. in. He's not in my side at the moment, um, <laughs> but he he might be one that we could upgrade. I've I'm stuck with Nankervis at the moment, or went with Nankervis. Um So it, Goldstein's working himself in as an option, um, along with uh, you know the better performers in sort of Grundy and and Patty Ryder, but. Um, Goldstein looked good. He um he's kicked a goal and that, you know, always helps uh helps his score and had the thirty nine hit out. So yeah, no, definitely uh I, I'd be happier if I had him and, and he's working himself in as an option for us.
0: Well, I think on that one you just wait to the buy and see fee I mean, this is his first good game in a while. I don't think anyone can uh, be trading him enough to the back of this game. But if he, if he bangs out, you know, back-to-back back 110s, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, then you might have to consider him, which is strange because he's been so poor for the rest of the year. But, um, you know, alternatively, if he doesn't do that, you just trade him out in his buy and mm. no harm, no foul, and, and move on For there. There is someone that I do want to talk about, and I see Jed Anderson. That might surprise some people. His 437K... He has a five-round average of 94, and he's listed as a forward. And, I mean, I'm just going to read out some of his scores over the last six weeks since he had a role change. Um, He scored 108, 64, 96, 87, 111, 113. And this is against quality sides um, like GWS, Richmond, Swans, Port Adelaide. These are top-tier teams. Um, Maybe not Port Adelaide, sorry, JB. But... (laughs) If you can score against those sides, surely you can score against anyone. Do you think he's a a sneaky
1: uh, POD option for this year, Nacey? Definitely a POD-er in the, P- POD and POD, uh, and and the Ford the Ford uh, option helps him as well in uh, in a year that's sort of slim pickings for the Ford line. He he could be a good POD option for us, and at four hundred thirty seven uh, K, there might be a bit of value left in him yet. Um, his break even is currently at forty, so he's going to make us make us some cash. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it might might be a good uh good option for those who have uh you know stuck with billings or, or want to upgrade someone like a Fritch or, or a Ronk in a couple of weeks' time.
0: Yeah, I mean they also have an early buy, so um just I mean four hundred and thirty seven K is quite nice. It's it's a it's a risky pick. It's a bold pick, mm. especially when you've got um Walters who we'll talk about later at four hundred and twenty four K. I mean it it take it takes some guts, but it could pay off handsomely. Yep. Um, a player, I know, I feel like I've mentioned him every week, but I, I still can't get my head around uh, Ben Jacobs making 173k already this season. He scored 96 and is going to make more money. He is the rookie that got away. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicey, I think uh, we're all going to rue this opportunity. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's gone terribly, so... Um yeah, we've 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 done poorly there. On the GWS side, uh, Caniglio, are you worried about him? He scored eighty
1: nine. Um are you just worried about his form in general, Nicey? No, I'm not worried about Caniglio, mate. He's uh he'll be alright. And with Kelly coming back in the side, uh, hopefully this week, hopefully we'll help him out as well. Um score of eighty nine. Nothing to be concerned about and he was always our um our little mid-price option at the start of the year. So, no, I'd, I'd cop an 89 any day of the week from Coniglio. And, and we know that he's got that high ceiling. We know he can go big. So, um, definitely going to be holding Coniglio myself and, and we'll wait and see how he fares when Josh Kelly comes back in the side.
0: So... If people had forgotten, Josh Kelly uh, with Canelio on the side did average 120 last year. So uh, fingers crossed that um, Kelly can have a giant return and make some points back for uh, his owners. Um, other news for the GWS side was Finlayson again disappointing with a 62. Mm. Um, is the time up for Finlayson, or are you
1: going to try and hold him to his buy-nicey? I don't think so. I don't think his time's up yet, Pistol. I know we were talking about, uh, about him before before we've uh, hit record, and and I know you were sort of of the opinion that it might be time for him to go, but he's definitely one for me that's going to be sticking around until his, uh, until his buy around. He's at 334,000 at the moment, um, and with a break-even of, sorry, let me bring it up, 79, he, you know, it's not beyond his reach. I know he's averaging just the, well, it's it's bang on his average, uh, the 79, so he's not going <laughs> to... He's not going to lose as much cash if he doesn't quite break that. So no, I, I always I'm looking at most of those that sort of um, players of that sort of ilk to to last me until their buy round, and then I sort of feel like it's less of a wasted trade when I when I do end up getting getting rid of them.
0: Now Lockie Keefe scored forty two, and it looked like he was playing ruck and lob forward for most of the match, and I I think it's going to be pretty a clear cut change with um, Patton coming back in and you imagine Lob will go back to rucking um, and Patton will come into the forward line as the, the second ruck. Now, it's hard because obviously people trade him in and he's going to be probably out before the buy. So there's not really too much you can do um, just there except cop it and hopefully comes back in. Um, Zach Giles Langdon was on track for another decent score. And I think this is the third time this year in IC where He's done well at half time just to cop an injury um at half time or right before half time in the third quarter. This time it was in the third quarter and then pretty much stopped his scoring uh completely. So um a bit unfortunate mm. over there. And lastly I wanted to ask your opinion on Isaac coming Now he scored sixteen super coach points. Um what are your thoughts on him as an up as a downgrade option?
1: Well, there was a lot of talk about um, about Isaac coming at the start of the year. They a lot of people seem to think that he would take the role that Heath Shaw sure had, be sort of that running defender. But with a score of um, with a score of sixteen, I know it was tough conditions down there in in Hobart, and um, you know for the for the young second gamer. But probably with a score of sixteen, probably not one that I'm going to um, consider it at, at this point in time, or probably for the rest of the year, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, it's actually.
0: I think I'd say it's tougher than it sounds because coming with somebody that we had all throughout the preseason because he looked so good in that JLT. Now, with that score of 16, it means his break-even is only negative one. So if he scores about 60 this week, he's only going to go up roughly 25K. And sure, it's not ideal grabbing a rookie after their first price rise, but if he's going to be named for his fourth game and maybe he puts out a better showing or... You know, it might be still worthwhile jumping on him. Um, let's say the other defender rookie options all get dropped or something. Mm. Um, I don't feel like this is a situation where you can necessarily a hundred percent rule him out. I think his first game was okay. This game was obviously terrible. But if he puts in, I mean, if he lasts and he puts in a decent performance, um, I think you, if you had to pay, you know, one hundred forty-five k for him, I don't think that would be the worst move in the world. So. Um, Nicely, I'd say. Don't rule him off just yet. Let's let's see how we go um, in the future. Okay, and cool. uh, did you want to? Yeah, did, did you want to take us uh, at least partly through the the Gold Coast Suns and Power game because there's just so much to talk about.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Um, sounds good. The game over in uh, in Shanghai this week. Uh, we've got a couple of couple of big sort of uh, of scorers. Aaron Hall uh, top scored for the game with one thirty seven. But um, Pistol, I know the uh the power players, there's a lot of power players to be to be talked about this week. Um we've got some good performers in uh in Boak, got hundred and twenty five. Um where where do you see him? Where do you see, say, a Justin Westhoff uh scoring eighty nine and obviously Robbie Gray comes into that Ford equation as well. Who would you who would you take out of those three?
0: I mean, I think this is gonna be the question on most people's lips this week, Nicey. Someone is going to come into, I'd say, at least 75% of all Supercoach sides, one of the three of them, mm. um, after the buy, You've got Robbie Gray, who is worrying me because he moved forward um, since Rockliffe's return to form. And, I mean, if he's going to be playing as a pure forward for the rest of the year, then he might not be the best pick of the bunch. And he mm. definitely is the most expensive pick of the bunch. So yep. um, there's some concerns for me over there. Um, On the other hand, Travis Boak uh, played outstandingly well and he's done that now um, quite often in the last couple of weeks. He's up to a 97 average for the year. He has good past scoring history and there's really not too much to dislike. He's only at 485k, he's the cheapest of the lot as well. Mm. So Boak is somebody that I think is a great upgrade option. But to be honest, I think for me still the standout probably surprisingly uh, is Justin Westhoff the guy doesn't miss a game hmm. which is so important and not only that he didn't play particularly well and still scored 89 um, only the 16 touches only at 68 percent disposal efficiency five clangers um and an 89 I, I just feel like the ceiling for Westhoff is high and the floor for west off is also high hmm. and I feel like he's just going to be the consistent safe pick and yeah. that's kind of what I want and he will probably next week only be um, 500k flat so he's somebody that I'm looking at, I know that's a, a tough question so let me throw one back at you now oh. what <laughs> Yeah, get, get, uh, get pumped <laughs> um, I'll th- throw two at you because there's so many port plays mm. to, to get through so I'm going to have to uh, ask you a couple what are your thoughts on firstly Tom Rockliffe as an option this year, and secondly, your thoughts on Tom Jonas. So the two Toms, the two Toms,
1: um, yeah, the two Toms. Well, let's start with Rockcliffe, and it is quite, quite staggering that we're actually considering him given his start to the season. Um, but it's, it's absolutely a valid one at, at his price, um, and the fantasy pig that we know he can be. Um, he's. He just absolutely has to come into consideration. He's three hundred seventy-four thousand with a break-even of twenty-six now. Um, so once this bye week is out of the way, I think he'll be on a lot of people's radars as a mid-eight or as you were talking uh, prior to the podcast, pistol, even a mid-nine no, uh, mid position. Um, so you know, it's it, there's a lot of food for thought there with Rocky. Um, it's just whether or not we were talking about floors and ceilings before. We know Rocky has got. The highest ceiling of, of, you know, a lot of players out there at the moment. But his floor, he's cranked out a 17 and a 29 this year pistol um, amongst scores of, of 55 and 74. I'm starting to hit some form now, but it's just... it's. It's a big move. Big move to be getting Rockliffe in, I would have thought. Um, especially if you're not uh, not considering playing him, in, him on your field pistol. You, what, talk us through your mid-nine um, position. We'll get to Tommy Jonas in a sec, but but talk us through your, your mid-nine <laughs> philosophy on, on Rockcliffe. I just feel like
0: if you grab him at 374K, you can just loophole him. As you said, if he scores poorly, leave him on your bench. If he scores well, you can take off somebody who is just at the moment high risk. You can take mm. off a Canelio, you can take off um, Dusty Martin. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it's possible. And it just allows you to get these the good out of Tom Rockliffe and leave, you know, behind the, the poor scores. I think grabbing him this early before the rest of your team is completed so that you have him as an M nine is definitely a, a power play. But it's one that I think could pay off uh throughout you know the rest of the season when you're loop-holing that points, and if someone misses a week, you know to have Tom Rockliffe as cover. I mean, you could do a lot worse, especially given mm-hmm. his form, where he's now racked up at least 26 touches in his his last two games. And you know, I mean, if you just need to watch the game to see that he's he's back to his his pretty much his best. So, um, yeah, he's somebody that I'd say right now is a hundred. Well, I can't say a hundred percent, but um, granted, no injuries. Should be uh, in my side and and uh, to take us through uh, your thoughts on on Tommy Jonas now, uh, Nicey, because we've, we've neglected him.
1: Absolutely, I d- I just love listening to you talk, Pistol. I'm just just going to put that out there now. You always <laughs> always <laughs> got a good opinion. That's a little bit left of center makes gets us thinking. I like it. Um, Tommy Jonas, he's uh, last last five round average of ninety seven point four. He's got a break even of ninety eight. Um, so it's a little that's you know a little bit um, worrying there might not be much value there in Tommy Jonas but as a defender at 474k he might be a good option for those still stuck with Hibbard um, for those who want to upgrade like a, a Dode or, or a Finlayson in, in weeks to come um, the power he'll play through all, all the three buy rounds um, maybe even maybe even an upgrade option from uh, from Riley Bonner um, so you know, I, I I think he's definitely one that comes into consideration, and he's got a high score of 105 this year. Um, he's cracked the ton four four or five times this year, I think, pistol. Um, so yeah, absolutely one that that comes into consideration. And the power have got um, got not a bad run coming up either. They've got a, a couple of tough games in in the Hawks and Richmond, but um, then they play the Bulldogs, Melbourne, Carlton, St Kilda, and Fremantle. So um, could be could be a good little patch for Tommy Jonas coming up.
0: And they play a lot of games in a row as well at Adelaide Oval. Mm. So um, definitely that's why I think most of us are looking at Port Powers. They've got the the run. They've got the uh, the ground as well at home. Um, so there's a lot of positives. I do want to say, though, if anyone did um, happen to catch my retweet, uh, Seb did um, mention that um, Tom Jonas has, is leading the league in marks whilst you've got... Um, Sorry, my line's going black. Uh, Dougal Howard leading the competition in 1%. So Dougal Howard's doing the hard work. Mm. Tom Jonas is sitting back, uh, taking all the intercept marks and scoring well. So it has been a little bit of a a role, not maybe a role change, but more of a structural change Mm. for Port Adelaide. And that's why Tom Jonas has been freed up um, a lot lot more this year. So thanks, Seb, for will bring that to my attention. Um, we'll move just quickly on to the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, there's yep. not too many uh, plays to talk about here. Holman, obviously, the major talking point because he mm-hmm. scored 122 after I traded him out, which is just absolutely killer nicey. Um, he's going to make a lot of cash. Obviously, you got to hold him, so there's not much to debate. Yep. Through there, um, Brad Shear, if you grabbed him only a, a poor thirty-nine, which is unfortunate. Um, Crossley as well, a poor thirty. Ballard a poor twelve. I mean, it's just sad stories. The, the the only one that I guess could hold his head high after this game um, was Chiso's uh, fan favorite, loves him like a son, Jacob Herrod, fifty-four super coach points. Heron scored forty-four in the first quarter, just for fifty-four for the rest of the game. So, um, Speedy. Lived up to his name and came out of the blocks, uh, firing and uh, just fell away. But at least he's someone worth watching over the next couple of weeks and seeing. Maybe if he can maintain it for the the whole match, he might come into consideration. But uh, they've got the buy, so you know at least he'll be um, on the bubble. Not not this week, but the the week after, and um, that that might provide some downgrade relief. Nicely, should we jump into the uh, the Bombers versus Cats game now? Um, 'Cause we're flying actually. We're, we're making great yeah. time this podcast. So it's good good job. Let's let's keep it up. Um this game was really not as good as I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> um The bombers supporters are now up up again, uh which is wow, that was an accidental one as well, see Um <laughs> It, they yeah they're they're up at the moment which is terrible because I hate when they're all happy. Mm. Um, Zach Merritt <laughs> with a hundred and eighteen super coach points. <laughs> you still laughing. and you making me laugh. Um, um, Devin Smith seventy seven super coach points. He put in a decent effort but the problem was his uh, disposal efficiency with just the sixty one percent. So a um, down game for Dev Smith. But it's strange though because he's been the best player for them. In all their losses, they finally win a game, and it's like his worst game mm. um, in a long time. So uh, that's a little bit strange. Now, tell me what your thoughts were um, about Jordan Ridley the first game of this week. Nicely, nicely,
1: nicely, nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Riley. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he was he was fantastic in his first game. Um, played played bit of a, a bit of a role like uh, Michael Hurley would you were saying Pistol. I didn't actually catch this game, but um, seventy six points from him. Great. Great effort from a first gamer and a and a good uh, good sort of downgrade option in defence looks to be like I said I'd, I never like to to bring players in before they've played their two games um, but he would be one that you would consider I, I, I would think um, obviously the worry there with Hurley coming back in the side his job security might not be might not be great but with um, you know sixteen kicks nine handballs I, I I think he's one that um, Will hopefully hold his spot and will be a great, great little downgrade option for us uh, in the next couple of weeks.
0: Uh, nicely done, Nicey. I think uh, you covered that one. <laughs> you covered that one pretty well. He he didn't. He he kind of played like Michael Hurley, not in the not in his his direct opponent, but kind of that style where they were doing this silly backwards side to side switching as well, which didn't really work for them in the last couple of weeks, but got them over the line. Mm. Um, and then you know, long kicks. Um, down the wing and through the center which which was you know exposed Geelong so um, he does look like a really good option but let's see him go with Michael Hurley back in the side that will certainly be interesting I don't think I'd advocate going on early just in case he turns to poop um, with Hurley's return uh, Guelphy got 61 points which is just good enough and unfortunately uh, my boy Dylan Clark mm. scored 34 and lost me my keeper league match you just need to get like 50 and uh that was quite devastating as I'd been holding him for such a long time. Um, look, nicely, I think people are underestimating Dylan Clark here. He played, he got shoved in the forward line, didn't really get a fair run, and it still got the five tackles. Um, people are automatically ruling him out. They're thinking, okay, so I'll get one player this week on the on the as a downgrade option. And next week I'll get you know Ridley or Rice or or one of them, and mm. they're just ruling out Clark because he scored thirty four now. I think that's pretty dangerous. Given he averaged, you know, 34 touches in the VFL, next week he could come out with like an 80 or an 85, and then guarantee himself, you know, two more matches. Um, if he does that, you're going to be wanting to jump on, and it could completely change your opinion. So, uh, one week is a long time in football, as they say, and I think that it would be foolish um, if you've locked yourself into, you know, getting Rice and Ridley and completely neglecting Clark because as I said, if he does get some midfield time, he could absolutely tear it apart. So um, that's something that I I would watch. Now, Nicey, I do want to jump into the Geelong side and ask your opinion about I know a player that you've had in the past, I believe it was for all of last year, Mm. but he's only at 300 and I think it was 360 last week, but he's definitely um, 390K. There we go. You already know who I'm talking about. But what are your thoughts on uh, Zach Tui?
1: Yeah, I... I like Zach Tui as a player, but he's he is a little bit inconsistent for our for our super coach uh, needs. He he's got that he probably doesn't have a super high ceiling. Cranked out a 122 this week, which was which was obviously handy. But he he can go really low. He scored the 25 against Sydney in round six that I don't don't forget about lightly, and he did that to a, a couple of times last year as well. Um, but he's you know he's he's just. Trucking away, I, I don't mind. I don't mind Tui, like I said. And with a break-even uh, of 39, he's going to make us some cash. Um, again, could be another good um, good switch from from Hibbert. He's just he's going to outscore Hibbert. Like that's it's just a given. Um, so if you're still stuck with him, uh, could be a good little upgrade or a downgrade option depending on what way you see that. Um, but yeah, it will make us some cash for the next couple of weeks. Um, but just don't be surprised if if you know Tui d- does sort of churn out. The odd odd fifty, and I, I think that's what's going to turn a lot of players off this season because all we want is consistency. And players like Hibbard and and Billings and and you know those that's that sort of uh, those sort of players. Robbie Gray to throw him in there as well with sixty seven this week. Um, we just want a little bit of consistency, Pistol. So Tui, you know, could be a good maybe mid uh, sorry defender four, defender five. Um, but if he's if he's going to be squeezing in your top three there, I think there's probably other players that you can look at.
0: Well, I mean, you probably would consider him to be the, the Rockcliffe of the back line, mm. if, if you will, just based on what we were saying. I think yep. I would, if you could grab him and shove him to a D7 and then loophole him um, for the rest of the season, you probably get a, a lot of value out of that, especially if you can grab him um, for cover. So A D7 maybe seven that pistol? Could be- if if you have the trades, yeah, uh, which I obviously do not because I'm spending all of mine on Rockliffe, uh, in and out and in and out over the next three weeks. But if you did have the trades, I think I would be uh, looking towards trying to, you know, shore up, take the value players, take the mm-hmm. take the the Walters, take the the Rockcliffs, at least those two first before Tui, yeah. um, and just you know take these value players. If you have to have a weaker F6 or F or D6 or, or M. I guess, M, not. don't really sacrifice any M8. Let's just leave it at those first two. Right. Um, and then allows you to loophole and have good cover. I mean, I think it's something to at least uh, consider Nicely, um, Talking about the rest of the Geelong side, as a whole, Geelong's draw, up, like upcoming draw, is absolutely insane. Yeah. They play Carlton at the Cattery. Then they've got the Suns at Metricon. Then they play... Um, it's completely North Melbourne escaped me right now, see North Melbourne, thank you very much. At the Cattery again, mm. it's just this this draw is insane. If you didn't have Patrick Dangerfield in your side, Nicey, would this be the week that you would be getting him?
1: Yeah, actually brought in um, brought in Paddy last week, Pistol. But um, definitely, if he's if he's one that you don't have at the moment. At 601k, he's probably probably the cheapest you're going to get. Dangerfield, um, and well done if you've held out on him on him this long. Perfect time to bring him in now, um, unless you wanted to wait until after their buy round. But the last three rounds, he's averaging uh, almost 120. Um, got currently got a break even of 112. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely absolutely good time for Dangerfield and and. You know, obviously, he's in addition to any super coach side. If if you've got Dangerfield, it's it's you know it's a win-win for your side. Um, even <laughs> if he's even if he's only cranking out the low hundreds, um, we know his ceiling and we know the player that he is. So yeah, absolutely, lock in lock in Dangerfield if you can.
0: Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, bang out a couple of 150s now. He was playing as a, you know, more so, I guess, the most midfield time that I've seen this entire season Um, watching him this week. So I think uh, this would be probably the time to jump on. But nicely, I noticed a lot of people are trading up Tim Kelly this week. He did score 48, but everyone in the Geelong side was poor. Obviously, with that upcoming draw, his break-even is only 115. And I quite fancy Tim Kelly... Um. To score 115 against the Blues this week as well So uh, people that are trading him out I'm not sure that's going to be the best decision Maybe still just reconsider Maybe wait until his bye. Mm-hmm. Those games are awesome um, I am worried though That he does get the Ben Jacobs tag When they do play North Melbourne Which sounds ridiculous But he just uses the ball so well And I think he's so damaging That it is possible that he, he does cop that that tag, um, just quickly jumping into Jack Henry's got a break even of eighty one. So if you do have him, he might reach out against Carlton, but I'd be more so leaning towards trading him um, if I could. And nice you're telling me about this before the podcast, but um, you know, tell tell me your your thoughts here about a cheaper uh, Gary Ablett.
1: Yeah, well Gary Ablett, especially if you don't have a have a Dangerfield or a or a Joel Selwood say um, in your side. Gary Ablett might be the value pick of that bunch, and I know they've sort of been seesawing around those three as to who is the value pick at, at any given time. But um, Ablett could be sub 500k in the next couple of weeks, um, which is which is really uh, really tempting if he plays plays out the rest of the season and and stays injury free. Um, we all know you know how good a player the Little Master is, so he could be a fantastic final piece of the mid- the midfield puzzle uh, in the next couple of weeks um maybe wait maybe wait on him until after the buy Dangerfield probably wanted to be looking to get before the buy um, but Ablett, certainly certainly one that comes into contention and especially um, with the buy out of the way, uh, we can have as many Geelong play. Or we can have as many any many players from any given team in our sides as we like. We don't have to worry about um, about the buy coming up. so yeah, absolutely I, I, I like danger at sub 500k as, as anyone would.
0: I think uh, it's a, Gaz. Gaz is a bit. I think he's been a bit forgotten this year um, mm. after his return. He's capable of scoring massive scores. So sneaky POD pick that you've uh, you've now let the cat out of the bag nicely. So he's one to watch certainly um, for the next couple of weeks. If he if he goes massive against Carlton then. Um, certainly consider, although, you know, it's always a risk getting somebody who's injury-prone, but that's why you have Rockley event in line. <laughs> <laughs> so, something like that. Uh But we'll we'll jump into the, the Swans versus Dockers game, and I think the main talking point about this Sydney Swans game was really just Jake Lloyd. I mean, Nice, do you want to read us through his stats there?
1: Yeah, Brian's man, Pistol. He's had the, uh, the 27 kicks, 15 handballs, 15 marks um there as well, and kicked a goal. Uh, went at eighty-five percent, which is obviously super important, and had um just the one clanger. So he's uh he's done really well and and a really good option down back there um for a lot of people. You is he coming into your your consideration at the moment?
0: I mean, it's hard not to consider him. Mm. Um, he just had forty-one touches, so you know it's one song. But I think. The problem is he's at five hundred and fifteen k with a break even of just six. But at the same time, you've got Buddy in the same side that's looking like unbelievable. He he scored one hundred and twelve from limited game time, and he's only four hundred and ninety k. I know he's got a relatively high break even, but as you were saying before, you want to bank uh, the future points. You you can't do anything about the past. And yeah. they've got Brisbane next week, which obviously is, you know, a fantastic matchup for, for Buddy. Mm. Um, but it just doesn't stop there, nicely. The weeks after that, they've got Carlton and then Saints. So if you don't own Buddy for this three-game you know game stretch, I mean, this could be incredibly damaging. And I think it's a, a definite talking point about if you should try and grab Buddy before uh, this Brisbane match or if you should grab jake lloyd before you get priced out um it's a tough call especially if you don't have other options like a, a yo um i think a yo would probably for me outrank a, a jake lloyd and that might finish off your backline instead and you're not desperate to get yo this week in which case you could get buddy i mean each to their own but i think it's something that you definitely need to consider obviously if you don't have heaney as well he's at a nice price for what mm. his potential output especially with this uh current games and um Ben Ronk, um, 71 supercoach points, is just looking like a great cash cow, and I think we'll hold him uh, at least for the next couple of weeks while he's making lots of money. Uh, Tom McCartan, I see, only scored 45 supercoach points. Do you see him as a legitimate bubble boy this year, or is he someone you're going to pass on?
1: Probably going to pass on Tom McCartan, um, Pistol, and to <laughs> don't want don't to bring his brother into the equation, but um, I just don't think... Either of them are going to be real relevant sort of super coach options at the moment. Um, Forty-five points, only had the five kicks and the four handballs, so probably going to pass on on Tommy. But um, you know, could be could be on the bubble and could rise a bit for the next couple of weeks. So it it depends on uh, on what you can afford, I guess, on on what trades you can afford to to burn.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bit tough. I think uh, there's not that many. Out, you know, rookie options that aren't defenders uh, coming through, but I don't think Tom McCartan is the one that mm. we've been waiting for. We wow. might need to wait a little bit longer. See how Dylan Clark goes. See if uh, Paul Ahern manages to get a game. But yep. um, before we talk about that, let's let's jump into the the Dockers side because there is quite a few players to talk about. Yep. And the first one that I do want to talk about, which I've been very excited about, nicely that's Ed Langdon, which might come as a surprise to some people, and I think a handful of people are going to say who. <laughs> um, but let me ju- let me just read you some numbers of Ed Langdon. He's 453k is forward midfield status. Um, his possession count in the last six weeks, um, starting from most recent, goes 29, 33, 22, 26, 26, 27. Um, mm-hmm. And his super coach points uh, reads from most recent to least recent, 93, 139, 54, 121, 86, 98. Obviously had a stinker with that 54. Um, yeah. He still has a five-round Average of ninety eight, so he's someone that is a bigger POD um, or as big of a POD as this this Jed Anderson uh, stuff we were talking about before. It's hard because I don't think you can quite consider him when you've got somebody cheaper and better in Michael Walters. But it's definitely um, I know that I know there's people out there that just absolutely love the POD picks and just pick them because it gives them great pleasure in enjoying the game and. If you like that, being able to watch your P.O.D. pick rack up 30 touches um, is probably something very appealing to you, and Ed Langton's somebody I would look out for. But um, Michael Walters, 424K nicey. I mean, that's incredible. That's just absolutely incredible um, for his, his potential output. And the matches that they've got coming up as well um, in a four-game spurt, um, North Melbourne, Collingwood... Uh, Crows and Blues and then after the buy, they've got Brisbane as well mm. so um, they play 8 of the next 13 matches at their new stadium I believe yep. and it's just a lot of positives in the, the Michael Walters pick I know he will drop I'm sorry I felt like I've talked about this for ages but I know he will drop to about 390k next week because his break even yeah. still around you know 150 160 yeah
1: 157
0: but, there we go yeah. 157 and if you were to trade someone like Henry to, to Walters this week I think that's fine Because Henry might score 50 And miss his break even by 30 And yep. then you know Walters might score 130 So um, I think at this point You can sacrifice a little bit of cash For hopefully a whole bunch of points um, But he would be someone That I would be bringing in, in the next two weeks As long as um, You're not affected by that round 14 bye um, Nice There is another player Defender I should add, that has gone a little bit under the radar um, this year so far. We have mentioned him in a previous podcast, yes, but yeah. uh, do you want to maybe talk us through uh, a little bit of uh, background info on uh, Luke Ryan?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So he's currently priced at 451000 with a break even of just twenty-seven. dollars um, We threw him in the same boat earlier in the year as Alex Witherton, and he just he was just sort of at that awkward, uh, awkward sort of price. But um, let's have a look at his last couple of weeks. Against St Kilda in round 8, he scored 125, and this week against Sydney, he got the 121. Uh, His lowest score for the year has been 51 against the Giants, um, and currently he's averaging uh, 102 across his last three rounds. So, absolutely one that I think um, there's a a lot of value in, um, and as a defender... One that, another one that we could look to, to upgrade someone that's sort of struggling like a Hibbard down back or a rookie that we're looking to upgrade. Um, so I really like Luke Ryan. We sort of, we erred, erred on the side of caution and, and sort of went away from, from him and Witherden uh, at the start of the year. But one now that I think um, is definitely, definitely in contention for our sides And I think a
0: key point is, as I said before, how many uh, Perth Stadium games they have left. This year at Perth Stadium, he's averaging 104.4, with a low of 85 um, and and a high of 125. But he's banged out three good tons there as well. So he's someone that at 451K, um, he's probably the best value backman um, in the game at the moment, more so than Lloyd. Um, which is maybe a big call, but also maybe not. Um, it's yeah, obviously evaluate that one uh, on your own. But uh, yeah. my opinion is the best best value um, backman in, in the game at the moment. Um, not much to report on the the Fife and Lockie Neal side. They both are uh, bagged out small tons, so yeah. um, that one just went went by. And um, unfortunately, there's there's not too many uh, puns I can make with the Fremantle <laughs> Dockers side nicely. So. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to give that one a, a pass. But that's all uh, right, mate. Before... Four, four from
1: five, <laughs> you're going well.
0: Four from five, I think uh, you're going to have to listen to this one and try and uh, spot the one so that I've managed to sneak yeah. in without you noticing. Yeah. Um, so far, Mitch Crowden though. Before we jump on the 19 points, he hasn't really been the best rookie. He's got a break even of 68. Nicely, if he still remains in the super coach in the super in the Fremantle side. Is he somebody that you'd be looking to trade out uh, this week, knowing he's not going to make his break even? or What would you do in this scenario?
1: No, probably someone that I, I wouldn't look to, wouldn't bother to move on until his buy rounds pistol. I think he, he's already, he's made us 89k. He's got a break even of 68. Um, hopefully he hits that, um, and and remains around the same value. I, I'd be looking to hold uh, until his buy round, and like I said, move players on uh, when when that time arises.
0: Yeah, way to go, Nicey. Um, I think there's really not much you can do, and just hope you get that nineteen. Sorry, that uh, yeah, it was nineteen score out of his average by the time the buy comes, and he can make a little bit more money. But yeah, that's pretty unfortunate that situation. Mm. Um, let's jump on to the next game, probably I'd say game of the rounds, which is kind of sad given <laughs> it was a twenty eight point margin and that was the closest game. Um, obviously, you being a Saints man and uh, myself being a Pies supporter, this was definitely game of the round. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk us through how good Collingwood
1: were in this one, Nicie? Well, they made St Kilda look good. Um, <laughs> my, they kicked 15 goals for the game, the Magpies. Uh, Saints Saints only kicked the 10, but it was Saints wayward kicking as well that, that just sort of yeah put a real dampener on the game. But um I want to talk about some of the Collingwood players... Their pistol, and I want you to talk us through jeremy howe he's he's cranked out another hundred and twenty one uh and he's he's just another good good um option down there in defense for us I mean it's crazy because
0: we 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 mentioned it right before he exploded, so after mm-hmm. his ninety two we're like huh uh, maybe. Maybe it's time now to jump on. I think he was 470K. Mm. Um, We're we'll like, go for it. Now he's gone 123 and 121. Um, yeah, the Collingwood bias in me at the beginning of the year that said jump on it now has no regrets. The yeah. My only regret is actually not jumping on him um, because mm. of that injury in the preseason. But um, unfortunately, a lot of people backed out this week on getting him because of that. Hamstring awareness, I think they called it um, concern, uh, last week, and we thought he could possibly be a late out, but he wasn't, and he scored well, and he's kind of going to get himself priced out. Um, yeah. He's now up to an average this year of a hundred, another thirty touches. I mean, he's such a solid option. He he always finishes in the top six, um, and and well looks like a threatening top sixer defender, Absolutely. and he'll he'll finish there again this year. It might be a bit too expensive to grab him now, but you can also just wait for the buy as well, and maybe he might drop um a little bit in cash. For sure, uh, for see, sure. Sorry, mate. I, think, I was, um yeah, well, yeah. keep
1: going. No, no, no. I was just going to bring up as well. I know we mentioned the rivalry between uh, the Saints and Collingwood between between you and I, but there was a Saint that you brought in this week, um, that I I wanted you to have a chat to us about as well. He, he top scored for the Saints uh, with a hundred and seven. But talk 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 us through the uh, the Jimmy Webster trade for you this week. I actually went through with it, which
0: for somebody that's very risk adverse, um, Mm. bringing in Jimmy Webster into my side was a very strange, uh, yet exhilarating (laughs) feeling, especially (laughs) when he scored 107 points. Um, I was actually so worried watching him play, especially at the first bounce where he was on like Dugowie and Dugowie just stood in the goal square and Webster's just manning him, and I'm like, uh-oh, I've made a terrible mistake because <laughs> Webster's playing really deep. But it didn't really matter because he kicks the ball so well. He went at 87% disposal efficiency, but it was just those long balls reminiscent of Sicily, really, where he just yeah. kicks it you know, 45, 50 metres, hits a target that sets up a scoring opportunity that you're going to score points when you do that. And um, knowing that Carlisle's back this week and Webster hopefully doesn't have to um, play as deep as he did this week. Um I just yeah, full of faith in Webster and thinking of him as a, a top four defender option for the rest of the season. I really think that um he's capable of at least averaging um over a hundred for the rest of the season. So um high on my radar and someone that I would definitely consider. Just watch him play. If you if you don't know if you don't know if you should get him or not, uh, just take a moment and, and watch him this year because his the kick on him at the moment is absolutely elite. He is um, yeah,
1: a, an absolute elite user of the ball by foot. Absolutely.
0: So there we go. I got the, I got the Saints fan backing me up so feeling pretty yeah. pretty huh. happy with that one. Uh, oh, at you're the a moment, brave but... man
1: to bring any Saint into your side pistol. I, I, I uh yeah. Appreciate a yeah. little bit of bravery in the supercoach in the supercoach world. It's good.
0: I'm I'm glad I uh, don't look like a sinner and look like a saint Then, then uh, for you this week, see There we go, you're back um, on the ball. Back on the ball. <laughs> on the ball. Um, yeah, so another defender saint that I'd like to uh, talk about quickly is Bailey Rice. Mm. Now, he scored 55, but he had 17 disposals, which is a great sign. He used it well at 88%. I know 50, 55 points doesn't seem impressive, but I think the best thing is he did enough that he should hold his spot um for next week. And if he makes it through the return of Carlisle, which I assume he will, Mm. Gilbert is out for six weeks, Nicely, And I feel like Bailey Rice should play, um, that entire period of time, which means that he'll make it all the way through the buy rounds. And we were talking about potentially going early on a defender rookie, um, Ridley earlier Mm. in the podcast. And I felt like that was a bit risky, even though he played so well, just because, you know, Hurley is coming back this week or next week. Um, if Rice makes it through this week, see, is there any reason why Saints would actually drop him before the
1: bye? I wouldn't have thought so, but um, there's some funny things happening at St Kilda this year. <laughs> but um, Bailey Rice, absolutely. one one the as, as you said, if you were looking to bring him or Ridley in early, if, if, we, if we were going to go early on either of them, you're, you're dead right about Bailey Rice. His job security is, is a lot better. And I like to... I like to go back to your old mantra of if the young kids are getting the ball, as Bailey Rice did with the 19 touches, um, the the disposal efficiency and the, and the super coach points, more importantly, will come. Um, so I like him, and, and I like Ed Phillips as well. Um, only got the 49 points this week, but had a good first game. So there's a couple of options, uh, little little cash cows at St Kilda at the moment, which uh, you know, is something that we can take solace in, I guess so i mean give me a a one word answer on this one is ed phillips
0: the only um downgrade bubble option this week that you should consider no oh, i mean that took me by surprise which which is another bubble <laughs> player on the bubble this week that you could consider i was not expecting that as an answer i thought it was as clear as black and white
1: red 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 black and white
0: um player on the bubble <laughs> um <laughs> Look, you turned my Collingwood pun into a St Kilda pun, so I, I, I
1: don't like what you did there. I did well. Look, <laughs> I I think as you said, I know we weren't going to go Tommy McCartan, but he's an option. Um, I think Ed Phillips. You know, he, th- he's only scored a few points more than than Tommy McCartan, so so don't write him off. Even though we've we've sort of both said no, but in terms of the the best option, Pistol, yes, Ed Phillips is the is the best option on the bubble. Is he the only option? No.
0: Well, I think it's probably fair given we just said Swan's amazing three-round, three-game draw yeah. coming up. I mean, McCartan just needs to kick three, four goals um, to score sixties and seventies and probably make a bit of money before the buy as well. So um, you're probably spot on there uh, with that that call, nicey. And mm. I think that pretty much uh, summarizes this game, um, unfortunately, because I would definitely like to talk about it more and <laughs> how much uh, better Collingwood is than St Kilda, but it's not really. A, it's not really that hard this season. You made, uh, made uh, we'll us jump... look good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll jump into the uh, Carlton versus Demons game. Um, I know I said the previous game was game of the round, but mm. I mean it's it's hard to argue. But this may have been uh, the game of the round. I see <laughs> 109 yeah. points. Um, definitely game of the round if you were a Demon supporter. Um, probably not so much if you're a Carlton supporter. They're not. It's it's so mm. sad at the moment, nicey I mean, you're a, you're a Saint supporter feeling sorry for the Carlton supporters, and I feel sorry about that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Paddy Cripps doing it by himself, 152 Supercoach points, 31 possessions, 9 tackles, 23 contested possessions, 10 clearances. The man is just, what would they do without him? He is absolutely dominating this season, nicey. Mm. Um. Is he somebody that we should be... Considering if we don't own him uh, to get after his buy or is he someone we should get him straight away or how, how well do you think he'll go in the scheme of uh, midfielder rankings uh, for the rest of the season?
1: He's going to be right up there, Pistol, 100%. If he can stay on the park, we know he's had a few in- injury concerns in the past, but um, Paddy Cripps, he matched up on Jack Viney uh, on the weekend and, and he just, he played out of his skin. He really did, well, played very much within his skin because we know it's very capable. He's... <laughs> Very capable of, of doing that, but um, this was in a game with uh, with Ed Kerno not playing as well, so he didn't have that sort of support that, um, that Kerno's been offering um, throughout the year. And you know, when it, there's just no other, there was no other standout performances for Carlton. Mark Murphy could throw in there, um, but Paddy Cripps, he, he just absolutely shouldered the whole team. He he carried the team, and, and um, imagine if they didn't have him, it it, uh, it would have been a lot a lot nastier. And, uh, to make
0: matters worse for, um, Simpson owners this week, it definitely looked like watching this game, um, I've been noticing it in the last couple of weeks that when Dale Thomas has been, uh, moved back, uh, playing alongside, uh, Simo, it seems to be having a detrimental effect on Simpson, and he's now averaging a sub just under 90, uh, with since Dale Thomas has had that role change, so, um something to consider I don't know if it's going to be a long term season long thing but um, certainly it's a poor feeling when you've got a Carlton player who's the team's just lost by 109 points and you've got a Carlton player who's not Crips in your side because mm. all of them scored so poorly um, yeah it's hard not to uh, not to feel the blues there nicely on <sighs> Melbourne Demon side we have I mean it was Jake Melchin that top scored, but he's not really super coach relevant so let's mm. Max go on. I mean, he's unbelievable this year. He He's almost in that permanent VCC uh, territory this year with an average of 130. He's absolutely insane. But um, the player that I like to watch the most in this game uh, was Tom McDonald. No, I'm kidding. It was <laughs> Bailey Fritch. Um, he, on a wing, he just looks like just an unbelievably composed... I can't believe this guy hasn't played a game. Like, has, this is his first season. I mean, he's played a couple of games, but... He just looks so good with the ball in his hand. Uh, Seventeen disposal, seventy percent disposal efficiency, and two goals. Nicey. I mean, is there any reason to trade fritz before his buy, um, or, or are we just we're just holding him right until then?
1: No reason at all, Pistol. He's currently three hundred thirty-eight thousand with a break-even still of nineteen. It he's he's a fantastic season and one that um, you know. One that you'd be you'd be mad uh, mad to trade out now. He's he's actually it's bizarre. This is a bizarre stat, but he's actually worth more at the moment than Jack Billings. Um, <laughs> he's he's 338 and Billings is 328. So it's it's just staggering. And, and Fritch is... It's quite sad, but he's currently my Ford three. So, uh, with with Jack Billings performing, oh, wow. with Jack Billings performing the way he has, so Fritch has been a godsend for me, and I'm absolutely not going to be trading him out uh, anytime soon. And he might even survive the buy rounds as well. I mean, he's scoring
0: almost that well, mm. so he hasn't really given us a reason to trade him out. But we'll see how he goes against some tougher opposition in the next com- yeah. coming weeks. Um, Tim Smith for his first game of this year. Scored ninety one super coach points, hundred twenty three k forward. Uh, are you concerned about his job security there, Nicy, or is he someone that you're looking forward to getting in the next couple of weeks?
1: Um, probably not. Neither, neither case pistol. He's he's not someone that I'm looking to get in, and he's not one that I'm overly concerned about his job security. He's, he's um, like you said, he's done well this week, but um, there's probably probably a few to come back for the d's at the moment who's out at the moment for the d's um, well i mean they've got they've, players like Wiedemann yeah. and Patterson
0: who can play the same role
1: yeah i, I mm, yeah it's a tough one look I, it, he's yeah his job security is a little bit up in the air so he's not one that i'm looking at um but but yeah well done to the owners that do have him
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you if you picked him up actually i did see that on twitter someone um, started with him as a loophole option and then um, he actually played and scored 91 for them this week. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a long time coming, but better than Venables. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, I mean, uh, talking of uh, players with dirty days who had to suffer their own demons, Michael Hibbert, 48 super Coach points. He got tagged. I mean, they won by 109 points. Everybody in the whole damn... Oh, I shouldn't say that. On the Melbourne side. I'm not even going to edit that out. I don't care anymore. Um, he got tagged by <laughs> Jed Lamb. Mm. I mean, it just couldn't get worse for Hibbard owners. I mean, you, you just got to trade him, get to the buy, trade him, trade him this week, just trade him, just get him out of your side. He, he's just been uh, just a bane, bane on your existence for way too long. Mm. Um, Nicely, anything more you want to add to that or just it's just a trade? No, you've
1: absolutely, you've, yeah, you've absolutely, you've absolutely covered it, Pistol. <laughs> I think Hibbard's still on my side. I'm, I'm persisting with him. I'm hoping he's going to come good, but... Boy, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to turn it around big time before his buy because that's when I'll be that's when I'll be offloading him if not before
0: yeah I, I don't think uh, job security wise you have anything to worry about so it's like no. not nece- yeah. it's not a necessity exactly. to trade him but um, I feel like you should be trading him sooner rather than later and uh, given they won by 109 points I'd be surprised if there were any changes this week for mm. the demons but yeah. uh, we'll jump into probably the upset of the round Brisbane Lions versus Hawthorne. Um, it was an absolute smashing 56 points. I mean, Brisbane looked unreal at the Gabba, uh, Zorko, 121 points, nicey. I mean, people are jumping on him. They're saying his back, which totally I agree with. He looks like his back, but you know what? He's going to cop a tag next week. He's going to get the Hewitt tag. And the week after that, he's going to cop the Ben Jacobs tag, um, that's not It's not good timing to bring in Zorko yeah. with those two tags. Abs- and then you've got the bye. And he plays Ben Jacobs again in round 20, Nicey. I mean, he's he's someone I understood if you, you jumped on him. And, and, you know, I appreciate that you deserve those back to back 121s because yeah. that's some, some ballsy play there. But, Nicey, I don't see how you could get Zorko knowing these tags are coming
1: well and and knowing what he's had in the previous weeks as well he's had three scores below well below 50 um, two in the 30s and one at 46 against GWS I just i we know he's got a high ceiling but that the, that low low floor is just I don't think we want to be looking to, to bring in players that can do that to our sides and and cost us the win and, and cost us uh, our ranking Um I wouldn't be looking at Zorko and those two tags that, you know... Um, Benny Jacobs is the best tagger in the competition. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I just... I I wouldn't be looking at Zorko. Um, yeah, no, just no, I'm putting a line through him. 516 might be good value. His break-even 70, but I'm, I'm putting a line through him.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you're with most Supercoach uh, players with that one. But there is... A POD. Another, this has been a very POD centric podcast, Mm. but there are quite a few um, sneaky, really great options. And there's someone in the Brisbane side who I haven't seen mentioned anywhere, really. Um, And that would be Harris Andrews. Don't laugh. I am talking about the key defender, Harris Andrews from Brisbane. Um, But let me read you through his numbers. He has now a five round average. Of 102.8, nicely, he's mm. roared back to life, gone absolutely ballistic this year. He's got an average of 91. Um, he he's incredibly consistent. So his his game since round four. I mean, he did score a 57 in round three. Full disclosure. Mm. Since round four, though, he scored 101, 130, 82, 80, 107, 115. This isn't this isn't a role change for Harris Andrews. This is just. A really good young player, developing into an even better young player. He's just a really talented footballer, and his super coach points are, you know, increasing as his skill level is increasing. And Harris Andrews, you, I think I haven't mentioned his price yet. He's 465k, mm. so he's not um, that inexp. I mean, he's not inexpensive. It is not expensive as well. Um, he's somebody that. You just at least need to consider. If any yep. player with a five-round average of 102 that hasn't scored like 200 um, and just been consistently good, you have to consider him. And I think, uh, yeah, this is one that probably no one expected. Um, maybe maybe Chizzo expects it because for some reason he, he's been holding him in the Keeper League for like years. So um, <laughs> that's just a Chizzo thing to do. Yep. But he has been unbelievable this year. So maybe... Take a deeper look into him, and if he's still performing well, just grab him after the buy because they've got an early buy as well. So, um, someone to definitely, definitely keep your eye on um, in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. But uh, we'll jump into the the Hawthorn side, and fortunately, uh, we'll, we'll, as we as we wrap up, there's not many Hawthorne players to talk about. No. Um, Tom Mitchell, though, he's an absolute star. Now I see 155 Super Coach points. I mean, if you didn't have him. Or would you just bring him in now? Or when? when's the optimal time to get Tom Mitchell?
1: Um, the optimal time to get Tom Mitchell was probably round one, let's be honest. He, he cranked out um, three scores of 140-plus um, in his first three games of the year. Dropped off, obviously, um, a little bit after that. But he, he's just his ceiling is is incredible. Um, his break-even of 122 at the moment um, only went up to 3K this week. If you don't have him, get him now. Um... But yeah, no, just t- Tommy Mitchell. He's he was my captain this this week, one hundred and fifty five, as he has been most weeks. He's just he's guaranteed to score well. Um, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't um, crack the hundred, then he's he's there or thereabouts. He's had a couple of games in the seventies, but we'll take that any day of the week, really. Um, when he's when he's cranking out one fifty plus um, most other weeks, so Tommy Mitchell. He's he's probably my favourite player. Uh, in the Supercoach super coach world uh, at the moment. And absolutely, um, you've got to have him in your side.
0: Yeah, I, I'm pretty much right there with you on that one. I mean, 46 touches. It's just things that most players can't do. And he just seems to do it week in, week out. So he's certainly special. Uh, David Mira looked fantastic this mm-hmm. week with a solid 89. It was good to see him back in the side. We're worried he wouldn't get there. But he got there, and he's going to be there for a while now because he was yeah. outstanding. Yeah. Um, Another player that we touched on in the Monday podcast last week, uh, Jack Gunston. Um, If you do recall, JB, I know you're listening and you said don't consider him. Well, you're wrong, buddy, because he scored 102 (laughs) and will continue to score uh, at least decently well uh, for the rest of the season and someone that I think uh, should be coming into your consideration for Mm -hmm. your your F6. And again, another strong POD option that is scoring well. Um, James Sicily this week, 77. Now, Nicey, I was a bit worried watching this game because they switched him with Roughhead this week. He actually moved forward for parts of the game, and we thought we were beyond that. We thought we were going to get pure defender, you know, the next general uh, captain of the back line, Sicily, but instead he was quiet, and then they just threw him into the forward line. Um, Is that something that concerns you as, I mean, I know you don't own him, but... Should owners be concerned uh, if they have James Sicily?
1: Well, it's a concern that when he does play forward, he he clearly does not score as highly. He he had a big first half, but it sort of tapered off when he was moved forward. That said, I think it was a tactic to just sort of get them back in the game, to try and get them back in the game, just a, just a bit of a, um, you know, to switch things up a bit. So I don't think we're going to be seeing him play that role consistently. I think Alistair Clarkson knows he plays his best football down back, Um it's just it's just a worry that when you are watching Sisley and he, and he does um does get sh- shifted forward then yes that is a worry but i don't think we need to worry about that as uh as a permanent uh sort of positional change going forward
0: yeah and when he as you said when he plays back he looks absolutely golden and when he plays forward he he looks like Pooh, so very much uh, reminiscent of the Hawthorne colours there, Nicey. Um, Mitch Lewis played his first game and scored 39 Supercoach points, which was disappointing. I, I don't think he's going to be on many people's radars, but you know, happy to give him a second chance yep. next week. But um, let's jump into the last game of the rounds, which was meant to be the best game of the rounds and turned out to just be a great half. And then mm. it was just uh, the, the darling show. I mean... Darling, I haven't seen a performance like that, nicely in a long time. Watching Jack Darling play, he took six contested marks. Six. He scored scored 181 supercoach points. He had 21 possessions with 20 kicks. 15 normal marks. Six contested marks, which I still can't get my head around. Because watching the game, any time they kicked it forward, and it was mostly Yo in the second half kicking it forward to Darling... He would just jump up. He'd soar above the pack and just take these massive marks. I mean, um, unbelievable. He was just yeah, it, it was in- incredible mm. to watch. Mm. Um, he's now nicely the number one ranked forward option in the game. Is Jack does Jack Gar- Darling have to come into your consideration?
1: Yeah, well, he does. He's uh, we had a look before the podcast, and he's coming. He's coming second in the Coleman. So he's kicking goals, which is obviously Supercoach Gold. Um, he's currently got a break even of thirty three um, at five hundred and sixty one. I know we don't like the key forwards normally in Super Coach, but you know there's the buddies and and you know th- those sort of players that we can get away with. Jesse Hogan, I, I had mentioned earlier in the year I liked as an option. He's sort of tapered off a little bit, but the key forwards definitely coming into my consideration this year. Um, and you know I-, I I like him. I I think um, with the ceiling. With a ceiling like that, I think you've, you've got to consider him at the very least. And they've they've got a lot of games at home left to come. Um, Hawthorne, St Kilda, Sydney, Essendon in the next four weeks. So there's there's potential for him to go big. I mean, it's crazy because you usually don't
0: consider these key forwards unless mm. your name's Buddy Franklin. Yep. But Darling's not quite a key forward. He's, he's kind of a third, no, yeah. third forward. If, if, he's someone that... You're right, you can't say no, but it's hard to also consider him he's now at an expensive price and I don't think you can pay 540k for Jack Darling. No. I think you have to wait for him to to come down um maybe to like the 474 80 mark and maybe then reconsider, but even then it's just tough because it's Jack Darling and it's, you know, not it's unfamiliar. And, yeah, we're chasing um,
1: points again, I think is the is the key um the key sort of issue there. Mind you, that said he hasn't dropped below 100 in 4 weeks. Um, and and has scored one hundred on another two occasions outside of that. So, yeah, not yeah. Uh, he's scoring well. Mm. Um, Elliot Yo though
0: hit twenty seven to half time. Finished the game on one hundred and thirteen. So, uh, we got the full yo yo in yeah. effect. Yeah, in that game he was insane. Oh, oh my gosh, that second half watching him play, I as a non owner, firstly mm. I was in awe, and second I was so jealous. He looked unbelievable nicey i'd like to get him asap i know i can't get him until he's by um, also today he got scans um for he had a twisted knee i think it yeah. was a twisted ankle um, one of the two of those and the scan results haven't come back yet as the time of this recording um so we don't really know what the go is there so we, we won't really waste too much time on it uh nicely there's a bit of a pod midfielder option for west coast that you uh, have been a little bit high on would you like like to take us through the uh thought process behind andrew gaff
1: well andrew gaff is flying high isn't he pistol he's <laughs> you could say um hasn't dropped below the 100 mark all season, bar round one, where he scored 92. And his ceiling, we're talking a lot about ceilings and floors this podcast, Pistol, but his ceiling isn't super high. His high score of the year, 123, that came against Ge- uh, Geelong in round three. Um, but I just love a bit of consistency in super Coach. And if, if we've got a player at 543k, there might not be that much value in him, but if he's gonna score 100 every week, I would take that any day of the week. I I would just bring him into my side now. I'd I'd um, nearly trade. I'd nearly do a straight swap for Tim Kelly. I think um, Gaff is just a picture of consistency, um, and yeah, I I think that never goes astray picture of consistency
0: painted a nice picture for me There, nicely. Uh, I couldn't have said it by myself he, he has a nice buy as well someone that you can watch out for he doesn't get too expensive just because he doesn't go massive um, yeah I think it, it'd be silly to just completely ignore him based on the fact that he doesn't have a massive ceiling but mm. um, he's scoring particularly well this year and there's no reason why I can't continue he just gets 35 Possessions every single week without fail, nicey. Yeah. Um. We'll we'll jump into the uh, Richmond side though. Um. There's been a lot of jumping about, kind of uh, like Tigger. But, um. <sighs> Nank-
1: oh, that was that was the worst one. That was the worst one, <laughs> Pistol. That's a real stretch.
0: <laughs> that was a mess. Look, I'm not gonna lie. I've I've managed to get through all of these now, nicey. I know a couple uh, you've missed, but. Th- I've managed to get through eighteen of eighteen teams the, the, with a pun in each team. So I only miss
1: the listeners... missed the bombers and cats. I have missed the bombers and cats. That was all I've all I've missed.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it for you, so you can try and uh, find it. But if yeah. if someone is willing, one of the listeners is willing to go through and try and uh, play Spotto with all of the puns throughout all of the uh, games this week. Uh, let me know how you go and if you uh, appreciated that. That I can say. Honestly, that was not planned. Nicely, you know that I, uh, before the podcast, <sighs> oh, we on. talk a lot and I had said one and you're like, that's two. funny. And I'm like, two that pistol. is funny. Come two. On. And two. apologies, it was the like, Swans
1: and Dockers game that I missed your pun on as well. I got the Bombers and Cats one.
0: <laughs> you said two and I'm like, you know what? Two, that's funny. Here we go. We're just, the the Pistols puns are back and uh, I think I've overdone it because oh, I was going to say, podcast, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say you've overcooked it a little bit there, pistol. But anyway,
0: the the tigers were so hard to do, and I could not think of a way. And when I said jump in, it was just um, I just rolled with it. I didn't mm. didn't that wasn't planned. I realized I'd been saying jump in way too many times in this podcast, so I was trying to make fun of myself, and mm. then it ends up just going full circle. Uh, pun. Now I've been sidetracked about this, but uh, then Curvis will 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 we'll fix up that that uh, we're not gonna edit it out, but we'll we'll fix it up by continuing the, the talk. And then ninety three super coach points um, again. It's okay for a rock. I think if you're missing out on the Grundy type, mm. maybe get to that round fourteen buy and, and look to upgrade until Grundy. If Grundy's still averaging like one hundred and thirty, yep. otherwise it's your last thing you need to worry about. Just you're yeah. not. If you have the cash at the end, you know, do it. If you don't, don't really worry. Don't stress too much about it. Mm. Um, Dustin Martin again with one hundred and three. He just he's not he's not quite here nor there as a super premium option. Nicey. I hear a lot of people looking at trading him out at around 14. Buy is that something you would
1: suggest? Trading out the Brownlow medalist from from last season premiership player? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Dusty Dusty's just he's only in about third gear at this point in the season. Just wait for the back half. He will come back. He will come back. Yeah, in a big big way. Um, hang on to Dusty. You're never going to be looking to. But you know, we always advise not to trade out your premiums as is. You're not going to be trading out Dustin Martin. No, you're
0: definitely not. But if you did have Rockcliffe at M9, see, you could do a little bit of
1: a... little bit of a I mean, loophole? Still, you little could bit
0: loophole, of, but yeah. I, I, I just feel like Dusty... Anything Rocky can do, Dusty can do better. And yeah. if you, you take a 140 from Rockcliffe, you're going to get burned because... Dusty's going to go sixty. he's probably not the one that you're going to be loopholeing with but um, it's a funny thought nonetheless mm. nicely I think we'll uh, finish up on the Cancer Council because we did get quite a few donations during the week um, which was incredibly pleasing to hear because we've done it we've cracked the thousand mark we're up to 1,054 it's and 41 cents unbelievable effort um, over this week so um, big shout outs to um, to firstly Carl Chandler um, another donate for donut, unfortunate nicknap victim um, mm-hmm. then we got an anonymous which is always very kind when you donate anonymously but unfortunately unless your name is anonymous or you are that uh, you know security we'll call them security group online um, <laughs> then I, you probably, you're more than welcome to say your name and we're happy to give you a shout out. But thank you very much. Uh, unfortunately, Anonymous did cop a donut for Norton this week. Um, to, I think, is this one you nicey? Um No, it's definitely not you centerlink Centrelink Recruits um, donated for two donuts for Norton and Nick Nat. Um, but also purposely rounded us out to 1K, which is so kind. So thank you so much, uh, Centrelink recruits. Fantastic. It's kind of weird that you're making me say that name um, on the podcast, but thank you <laughs> in, anyway for rounding us out to the 1K. And then we had a big donation, a very generous donation um, from Hamish McShane, who copped a Nicknat donut last week. And I'm not even going to say because I'm going to spare you, but uh, you, if someone wants to read what he said, you can read it on the... Uh, on on the uh cancer council page but we'll just say he didn't he he copped a nicknack donut last week and uh this is kind of his punishment um which we do accept punishments in the form of cancer council donations. so mm. uh if anyone else has been um i was going to say naughty but that sounds kind of not where i want this to go um <laughs> feel free to donate to the uh cancer council and as always if you enjoyed the podcast if you have a donut if you missed one of my puns, please donate to the huh. Cancer Council. Um, anything will do. It's just uh, been a fantastic effort from everyone this year and the community for getting behind us to raise uh, over $1,000. Yep. And I see... Uh, I don't think there's not, there's not much else to say. If you want to find uh, myself on Twitter, you can find me at pistol underscore D R S C. If you want JB, you can find JB underscore D I S C. If you want Cheezo, it's with a Z Cheezo underscore D I S C. If you want to find nicey, you can't too bad. And uh, thanks very much community for sticking around, listening to us. Bang. There we go.